When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. Que sera, sera. Hello and welcome to You Are Going to Be Fantastic. My name is Jenny Ryan. I am doing an interview solo today. Um, we're interviewing our third comedian in a row. I guess it's a series now. Third Saskatoon co- comic. Um, Danny Albert is here with me today. Hello, Danny. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for coming to talk to me today in my very messy house. It's a beautiful house. Oh, thank you. So, um, Danny has listened to the past two, you've listened to the two comedian uh, interviews that we've done recently. Yes. Um, So you are a slightly different comedian, number one, because you are new to this. Mm -hmm. Um, You've been doing, for how long have you been a comic here? Seven months. Seven months. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are also a lady. I am a lady. So that's unusual for Saskatoon. There's only like a handful of us. That's very true. So thank you for coming to talk to me today. Okay, so you um, you've listened to this podcast in the past. You know we have to start out with a question. Um, you are currently how old? Thirty-one. Thir- almost thirty-two. Almost thirty-two. Mm-hmm. When's your birthday? July. Oh, so very soon. You'll yep. be thirty-two. <laughs> so um, when you were seventeen, mm-hmm. eighteen, whenever you were done high school, what did you think you'd be doing at thirty-two? Um, I, at that point, probably thought I was going to be, like, uh, on my way to becoming a CEO. A CEO? Living the corporate life, yeah. Any, like, a random, just a random business? Uh, no, I really had aspirations of, like, marketing, advertising at that point in my life. How does a 17-year-old in Saskatchewan think that's a career? Like, did you watch a movie or something? Uh... No, I was just very career aware, I guess, at that age. Like, I moved out at 16, so oh, wow. I was already supporting myself, and I knew kind of the concept of money. and Right. Yeah. Um, where were you living? Regina. Regina. So mm-hmm. you moved out. You were like, I'm going to be a business mogul lady. Yep. Okay. Commerce degree, all the things. So what is it that you do now? Now I'm a recruiter. So recruiter, so- outside sales business development. Are you a CEO recruiter? I am not a CEO. (laughs) (laughs) But you're just, you're employed. I'm employed, gamefully employed, yeah. Um, Good at my job. I think I'm on the path. (laughs) Okay, so it's still, is that still a dream? Not at all. No, no, no. Why not? What what happened? Uh, I spent 10 years managing people and realized that um, although I have leadership qualities, I am definitely not a leader. Okay, interesting. So... Um, so you moved out when you were 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Can you tell me why? I came home one day and my family had moved to Saskatoon. So what? I had to like sink or swim. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. They were just like, did you know it was going to happen? Uh, not really. No. Oh my God. Yeah. So they just, so you d- decided not to move. Yeah. I decided to get an apartment, um, get a job. I would argue that you didn't move out. I would argue they moved out. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, the option was there once I got a hold of them. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so um, you—that's sort of like, like the whole idea, like left behind, like the whole like uh, rapture, like your family was raptured to Saskatoon, and you I were like, so, I yeah. guess I'm on my own. Yeah. Wow. So um, you finished high school in uh, Regina. At, at that point, I actually was—I 
made the decision because I had to like support myself. So I dropped out of school. Okay. And not a t- traditional CEO path. No, um, but I did work full time. I actually got into an internship with the federal government that was um, in partnership with the YMCA. Um, and so it was basically you went and took some uh, life skills courses for about a month and then they put you into an internship with a government agency. So I did that, like admin work and that kind of thing. And I convinced that CEO to pay for my night my night classes to finish high school. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like night classes to finish high school should be free. I feel like if someone wants to finish high school, they should just get to. Certainly. Especially if you're um, 16. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> All right. So, um, wow. So when did you, did you do a GED? Oh, you finished high school. Yeah. So you finished high school. And then, uh, then what happened? You're not in Regina anymore. Now you live in Saskatoon. So no, what yeah. happened in that? 16 year interim to bring you from there to here that's yeah I mean I moved to Saskatoon about 11 years ago for a promotion so a couple years after I moved out I ended up getting um, a decent job and I kind of worked my up through my way up through about three promotions and one of them brought me here so you don't have a university degree do you no No. Uh, I do a post-secondary through SIAST okay so business okay but you don't have like a marketing undergrad or something okay is that something you'd ever want to do I don't think I would ever go back to school, no. Okay. Huh. Do you feel like that limits you? I feel like we're off. Tra- we're a little off track of your trajectory here, but... Uh, <laughs> do I feel like that limits me? No. Okay. It's interesting. Cause I, I, unless my path was CEO. <laughs> right, yeah, because I was going to say, like, I wonder, I feel like now companies, like, privilege university degrees as opposed to, like, I feel like... 30 years ago, people who just, like, worked their way up the ranks kind mm-hmm. of got to be managers. And I feel like now managers need management degrees. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on um, your industry and, I guess, your desired company, too. Right. I have a lot of insight working in the field that I do now, so... So what is it that you work in? You're a recruiter? What does that mean to our public that has no idea? It means... And I'm, myself. I'm a third-party no recruiter. So I guess that you could equate it to people probably know the term headhunter. <gasps> You're a headhunter. headhunter. Do you wear business suits? I wear business clothes, but I've never purchased a suit. <laughs> you're a um, you're like a blue collar uh, headhunter, right? Yeah, I mean, I do. I specialize in the skilled trades, industrial tech, typically, but I do like engineering and some technical roles and sales. Okay, so I was thinking you have to wear like a hard hat because you recruit blue collar people. Funny, funny thing. Funny you should say that, Jenny. I actually, my dad made me a hard hat with my company logo on it. It's got Aww. blue flames. So yeah, that's fun. <laughs> um, okay, so so you when you left school and you were like and you were just like I want to be a businessy person and mm-hmm. then you kind of pursued a businessy path and now you're yep. doing a businessy job. Yeah. So one could argue that you are in fact living the dream that you set out for well that's actually fine because I went back to school when I was 26 so okay. I went to SIAST I took business and I actually recently about a month ago read uh, I looked into some old files in my computer and my documents and I had an essay that I wrote for my BCom teacher and it was where are you going to be in five years uh-huh. and as it turns out I'm exactly where I said I would be in five years so that was kind of cool you know this never happens that I talk to people who are like this was the goal <laughs> I achieved it. I think but, once, one other time have I talked to someone who's like, I had a dream. And so I think we can just end this right now. This <laughs> over. You're done. But that was the five-year plan, right? So what's like, the next? Yeah. So, okay. So, so you, um, you are, you are single. I am single. You do not have children. I do not have children. Um, when you were 16, did you think that you'd be 32 and like own a home and be married and be like a CEO with kids? I've never, ever dreamt of those things. 
Okay. The CEO part, yes, but never like the traditional family, marriage, kids, never been a thing. Okay. Um, so how did you discover you're not a leader? Uh, okay. Being a manager for 10 years and uh, pretty much sucking at it, you know, I kind of peaked um, in each of my roles at a certain point and, and you know, I was successful, but I, there was, I couldn't get over that hump of really... Did people tell you you weren't good or did you just know? I think a little of both. Like nobody like directly just said, hey, Danny, you suck at this. It was more so like my success was limited, right? I couldn't get people really to jump on my bandwagon. Um, probably a lot to do with my communication style. and. So you'd be a bad cult leader? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, just as well. We don't need more cults. <laughs> um. So, okay, so I think that takes, like, that's, I think a lot of people would just say, I want to be a CEO, I want to be the boss, I'm going to keep doing it. I feel like that's, there'd be people who'd be determined mm. to to do it and fight through it. And you just were like, it's not my strength. And maybe because you are a recruiter of people, you look for strengths in people and you recognize that they weren't yours and that's okay. But, like, did you feel sad when you realized this about yourself? Absolutely. I, mean, I think it was a gradual realization over that decade, um, you know, just, failures and kind of, um, you know, just people generally not liking me as their boss. Um, people don't, I don't have that quality that people automatically like me and they don't, they definitely don't want to follow me. There's some sort of, I have a very competitive nature too. So I feel like maybe that's something to do. And also I, there's so many factors, but being so young when I came into management, you know, coming into, I was like a district manager for a company, um, at the age of like 20, um, when you were a young woman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's stacked against you. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that it, I, typically I would say, uh, I have a harder time with female employees wanting to follow me. Really? Yeah. Do you think why? Um, I, th- you know, let's go to my performance reviews <laughs> as an employee. Danny's communication style is too curt. Um, oh, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. I'm very blunt and direct and I have a hard time adjusting I guess to other personalities in that Mm. capacity so yeah huh okay so so you're you're fine with where you are you're happy that you're do you think you'll do this job for a while uh if my boss is listening yes okay (laughs) um no I mean I am definitely good at my job and I like it I'm happy so I think as as long as I'm happy um and I don't have something that I'm more passionate about which is interesting with the comedy thing, right? Yeah, so comedy. So uh, where did the, was this? This was not a dream. You did not think when you were a kid, I'm going to be a performer. Yes, there was a point in my childhood. I was probably about, you know, between the ages of like 11 and 13 where I thought I was going to be a Hollywood actress. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like lots of 11 to 13-year-old girls think they're going to be Hollywood actresses. Do they? Okay, yeah. Like I was, that, I was really passionate about it for about a month and... Uh, my dad told me that that was not going to happen, <laughs> that I wasn't a good actor. Um, I had zero acting experience, but I, you know, he would be my only audience. And, right. And, and it wasn't, I don't think he was trying to dash my dreams, but like, I just believed him. So I was like, okay, moving on. When I was eight, I realize this is your life story, but yeah. um, just to interject no. mine. When I was eight, I remember I had a friend who was going to Toronto, because where I lived, we were very close to Toronto, mm-hmm. for auditions. Um, and she was auditioning for things and um, to be like in plays and commercials and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to my mother and my mother was tucking me in one night and I said to my mom, I want to be an actor. 
and I said, I want to audition for things. I want to do it. And my mom said, actually, I think you'd be really good at that. Let's do it. I'll look into it. If you want to do this, I'm going to help you. And it terrified me because I, I expected her to say no. And then I was going to fight for it. And it was too easy. She gave in too easily. And I just said, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't really want to do it. Because it, it scared me that, yeah. that she was so on board. Like, yeah. I didn't expect her. I expected her to be like, why would you do that? You'd be terrible. And she, in fact, was, like, supportive and, like, I think you'd actually be really good at that. And so I think back to that conversation. I'm like, what would have happened if my, my I had said, sure, let's go, Mom. Yeah. I'll, let's do it. Right. And she she never brought it up again. I never brought it up again. Anyway, I think about it. I'm like, well, probably I would be an anorexic, actually. If that, Darn. <laughs> that I could have been. I could have been. I could have been. But, yeah, I just think there's uh, there's no way that I feel like – I, I feel like it would have been bad on my self-esteem, but I just think about it. I'm like, so yeah. you're, so maybe your dad, you know, I wonder if he'd been like, sure, Danny, let's do it. Well, the thing is, my dad was always for it. was like, you can do whatever you want. Right. Like, you know, you're, you know, but he was always really honest about what he thought my strengths were. And so right. I think that I'm definitely a product of that, I think. So would you agree with him? Uh, yeah, I'm a terrible, I have no acting experience and I, it's definitely not something that comes natural. So. Okay. Um, it would have been a long road. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so when did this rekindle? So, so you're doing your, like you're 16, like that would have been hard. It would have been scary. I think to be a 16 year old and living on your own and like having to figure out how to like be a grown up. Mm-hmm. And then, um, cause lots of people, I feel like a lot of the comedians that we know started comedy, they're mostly men. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that has to do with it, but they're mostly men. And I feel like they started when they were very young, like 20. Mm-hmm. And you and I came to this late yeah. compared to those guys. Yeah. So is it, do you think it's because you were just, tr- you were a grown up first and, and you didn't have the luxury of being. Honestly, doing stand up never entered my mind until right. probably Maybe about five years ago was when I started, like, writing jokes. And, you know, I've always appreciated comedy and been in love with stand-up. But it honestly didn't even cross my mind that I could do it. Like, that was not something that I ever thought about. And then when I started, like, writing jokes and, like, thinking of punchlines about five years ago till now, that's when I was like, oh, this would be really cool. But it was still such a, like, oh, that would be cool kind of thing. And I have this notebook full of jokes, like, that I just, I don't know, never entered my mind that I you could know, get on stage. It's interesting because I did the same thing where about five years ago and it was after I had my kid mm-hmm. and it was like two o'clock in the morning and I started writing down jokes about being a mom. But it never occurred to me that I would ever perform yeah, them. I, I was did. like, I was like, I'll write a little essay. Yeah. But it never, th- I never thought like I'll get on stage and make people laugh with this. I didn't know there was a comedy scene. I didn't know it was something. Yeah. I thought you just like woke up one day and you were Bill Burr, right? right. Like I didn't know, <laughs> you know, because well, I've never yeah. ever been exposed to like quote unquote the art scene I've never been involved or felt like I had a place like this is probably the first time I feel like I fit in somewhere oh that's that's nice yeah um so yeah so it wasn't like you were a 16 year old living on your own trying to pursue comedy no inadvertently I think I've always been like an attention seeker and um you know public speaking was like a big part of my life always so so, so what happened? Like, how did you, so five years to now, what happened over those five years? So you're writing jokes, like, mm-hmm. did, what, what, how did that, how did it happen? Like, how did you figure it out that this existed? Uh, just like really random things. Um, I guess how it all began, uh, I, I was at a Laugh for a Cure event last year 
Um, Laugh for Cure being a fundraiser yes, with comics. Exactly. Um, so I was there. I had, and I think it's all this like chain of events. Things happen for a reason. So um, somebody gave me tickets for the show that I would have never gone to. And there was two headliners. One was from Washington. One was from Saskatoon. Um, and so I watched these comedians and they were like hilarious. And I was like, this is great. That'd be so amazing to do that. So I think that was kind of like the spark. Was it at like your first live comedy show? Not at all. No. Oh, but but that was, it was the first one where like, I, I don't know, maybe it was because there was a local comedian or maybe it was because I had the opportunity to meet one of the comedians. Um, and then I was at a business networking event and I met that local comedian who happens to be. Matthew Murray. And right. so I met Matthew Murray and, you know, had some conversations. And I think that's kind of like what lit the flame. And it was still, it didn't happen immediately. And then, you know, he, he and I didn't talk for a long time. And then um, I ended up just getting on stage one day. So, I mean, he definitely like, you know, it, meeting someone that like is a real life comic. I yeah, think. yeah. Instead of being like, oh, you have to live in LA or New York to do this. Yeah. Like he was like living his life in this town. Yeah, exactly. And then, being a comedian yeah so you did your I was there for your first set you were I was there you uh, that yeah it was actually great that you were there ironically enough I think I told jokes there yeah you definitely did yeah yeah and I remember being you being there and I was very excited because you were another woman um telling jokes and I was intimidated by you because I like just that (laughs) really yeah because you were the only other woman there and you went up and you told jokes and I was like oh I felt like you had been doing it for so long and I was like and then you came and talked to me so I felt kind of like I think it was my third time yeah I had no idea at the time you were great well I'm glad I seemed so professional (laughs) um although to be honest the bar was pretty low that at that time with the Everybody, like, I don't think it was a super... A comedy in the past seven months has really taken off. Yeah. I feel like there was not a whole lot to... Oh, I forgot to give Wolfgang props because Wolfgang actually tried, like, randomly. Um, never... Ha- I'd never met him, and he had messaged me on, like, Facebook and stuff that he was having, like, this comedy thing and come out, and it was, like, for amateurs, brand new, it could be your first time. And um, he was very supportive and encouraging, and I didn't go. So I feel like oh. I could have started, you know, months, maybe even a year sooner, but I, right. I ignored him. So. And he found you through Matthew Murray. No, I actually, he, there, I saw a post on Facebook about this competition. I messaged him and he oh, was, okay. yeah. And I feel like then, you know, I know Wolfgang now and he's a great guy, but like at the time the name Wolfgang was pretty like, <laughs> like, oh my goodness, somebody is named Wolfgang. And yes. And he was our, he's our, he's our most recent interview. So if you're yeah. interested in knowing more about this Wolfgang character, uh, he was, we interviewed him recently sitting on this very couch in my house (laughs) um yeah it's interesting right because I think Wolfgang also was part of the reason that I started because he also messaged me and said like you should come and do this so um props to him um but yeah I think at the time when you when you and I first started it was not there weren't a lot of women no um there still still aren't but Mm -hmm. there's more who are interested and I think uh at the time um it was less intimidating, I think, to start because there weren't a lot of people. And I think it's funny you found me intimidating. And I hope I was nice to you. I believe I pr- I complimented your blazer. You did. And, and you were, I mean, intimidating <laughs> in, like, the sweetest way. Like, it was just, I was honored, I guess, Aww. that you came and talked to me, especially knowing that you were with Lady Bits because I didn't know Lady Bits at the time. And it was like, and not that it's not a big deal now, but, like, I was very interested in the whole improv thing and, whatever I have a whole different relationship with improv now than I did then in my head right oh what's your relationship with it now uh that I I know I don't know but I don't feel like it's my right 
you know, I always thought that if I wanted to try stand-up, I should try improv first. Right. And it would make me better. And now I feel like they're two different beasts. Yeah. Completely. I think they can so complement each other. For sure. I'm still very interested in taking one of your classes. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like... So, okay, so you you kind of decided it was a thing you wanted to try. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever envision, like, do you envision yourself... I guess we're now at the present. Yeah. Do you envision yourself, like, walking away from your... Like, could you, bosses notwithstanding, listening yeah. to this podcast, yeah. in your dream, like, is there a new dream now, or do you want to keep doing corporate business thingies as well as being a comedian, or do you feel like you could just, like, take your corporate skills and shift them to being a professional comic? Absolutely. Like, if I have the opportunity, if I'm good enough, um, the, absolutely. Like, I, I've never felt passionate about anything the way I do about comedy. Oh, wow. Yeah, the feeling I get from being on stage, I would say, gives it's exactly the same as being in love with a person. I get those exact same, you know, that release of all the chemicals, the serotonin yeah, and dopamine. Yeah, um, yeah I, I feel a great love for it, so. Um, do you... Uh, do you like read a lot like or how are you studying comedy how are you doing this I feel like uh, I don't want to get in trouble like I feel like I hope there I feel like people have a set of rules in their head and I maybe um I don't know I don't ever want to think that I'm better than I am but um I feel like I'm just doing it and that's my right. study right I don't feel like I can um I definitely take people's tips and advice and I listen to it. Um, but I feel like when I get on stage, it's all about like the energy that I'm feeling that the audience is giving me that I'm giving back. Um, and just like trial and error. So what did I do last time that didn't work? What worked? Kind of put that together. And, and that's so far, that's what's happening. So you're not like, you know, reading particular books or watching particular things. I think you probably watch comedy anyway. Like I feel like I watch way less comedy now. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Do you go to a lot of live shows? Um, I I mean, you're talking like big. Or like any shows. Like do you go to shows in town? Yeah, Yeah. for sure. All the time. Um, yeah, we go to all of our shows and, um, I don't know. I just have a different perspective of it now. And I feel like you can't read a book and learn how to do something like this. Right. Are you, um, so you're, you're finding success here in the city, I would say. Um, I you are doing very well. You have um, opened for some significant comedians in town. You are on this podcast. I know. <laughs> which is oh. just the height of fame. It really is. Um, no, but like you're doing well. Like you're being invited places. Mm-hmm. Um, you are being invited to open for people and other comedians are recognizing you, which I think is testament to your abilities. Um, so... Do you feel like you deserve it? That does not mean that I don't think you deserve yeah, it. Yeah, I'm no. wondering if you feel like you deserve it. I mean, it's super humbling, and like I, f- every time it happens, I kind of feel like, um, and I feel like this in my job sometimes too, that I'm somehow fooling everyone without trying. Like I right. feel like they're fooled, and like they, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I have worked hard, but at the same time, it's like I'm super flattered and honored and will never take it for granted do you ever worry that you're invited to do these things because you're a woman um I feel like worry is not the right word I feel like I'm aware of when that happens and I just absorb that and and you know I don't let it affect me I guess like it doesn't it doesn't bother me I mean 
Unless somebody's being um, ignorant about it, I guess. Like, you would never turn down if someone's like, if you knew that you were invited because you were a girl, you wouldn't turn it down. And be like, I'm only going to do this, blonde, like, genderless. If they said to me, I'm inviting you because you're a woman, not because you're funny, then that would offend me. Right. If if they think I'm funny and it's because I'm a woman, right. then okay. Like, if there's right. two comics, a man and a woman, and we're equally funny, um, but you're picking me because I'm a woman, then yes, I'm going to take that opportunity. Yeah. But if you're like, I'm taking you, he's way funnier than you. Right. Then I would say no. Right. Um, yeah, it's funny talking to people who started, all the people that I know, the women who started an improv, basically mm-hmm. every single one of us is like, well, I'm not sure I was very good, but I was a girl. So they took me. And in a way, it's like we took that opportunity and we leapt on it because otherwise we weren't going to get it because mm-hmm. we weren't going to get to practice anywhere. Yeah. And that's it's a, the only way to get point. better. I don't know. It's so complicated. It is very complicated. I feel like it's a case by case situation too. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like I'm at a point in my career where like I've like I'm nothing at this point. Right. So I feel <laughs> like I need to, yeah. you know, like you said, practice when you can. But if someone's blatantly being misogynistic to my face, um, you know, I definitely feel strongly about that kind of thing. So, um, do you, so this is a thing you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point do you, uh, like make it your, like, are you, do you, are there, what's the next step? Like, how do you make this, like, do you want to make this your career? Absolutely. So what do you do next? Like, how does that happen? Well, I think if I've taken any advice from other comics um, is the timeline, right? And just understanding that things don't happen overnight. Um, Knowing that, you know, the jokes I'm telling now are probably not the jokes I'm going to be telling in a couple of years and I'm going to get better. And that's probably the hardest thing is just like allowing that um, natural evolution to happen and not anticipate. So I feel like right now... I take every opportunity that I can get and I fight really hard and I try really hard to write jokes and um, and perform them well. And I think it's just going to, like, happen, you know. So well, what's your question? Like, progression-wise, like, when, what's the next step? Is I feel like the next step is a little bit far off, but I definitely want to just get as many shows in as I can and, and latch on to the talented people that I've met and learn from them and take opportunities, I guess. Do you feel like you need to leave Saskatoon to do this? At some point, probably, yes. Right. It's interesting for me to have this conversation with you because I see you as someone who is younger and you don't have a family that you, like a child. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying like a kid prevents me from doing things, but Mm -hmm. it does make it harder. And so it will be like, I I kind of feel like I'll be like waving at you. You'll be off being famous and fancy (laughs) and getting your specials. And I'll be like, (laughs) I'll still be here like, you know, making sandwiches for my 10 year old while you're like super and I'll be like that could have been me (laughs) except that's not true because we're not the same person and who knows and that's very kind I feel like there's so many comics that uh, you know it takes a long time and some people still don't have that and I don't think like the whole Netflix special is like my goal (laughs) I feel like my goal is it would be really awesome if I could keep doing this because it makes me feel so good and survive yeah just like pay your rent yeah yeah yeah, that's really it at this point. I don't have like. Do you find? Do you ever try in your com in your joke telling to? Um, are you trying to t- give people a message or tackle anything kind of a thing, or do you just like to make jokes that make you laugh? Like, do you try to write jokes with any kind of an agenda? I would say a little of both. I feel like um, I only so far. I I have a hard time telling jokes about things that don't 
relate to my life. So I feel like all of my jokes are stories about real situations and things that happen and people in my life, life. And um, so I guess there's a message in there somewhere, but it's more personal. Right. But I feel like people can relate to it a lot of times. Probably females can relate to it. But I feel like males can relate to my material too. Just they're the brunt of it. Would you consider yourself a feminist comic? Um, I've heard people call me that. I called you that. <laughs> you call me that. <laughs> and I was super flattered because that was not my intent. But if that's a message that's being received, then I'm super okay with that because I'm a feminist. So Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. But it's not like you don't, because sometimes I will write a joke specifically to be like, I'm going to tackle this particular thing. I wish, like I admire you for that. And like, I think that's definitely something I've been trying to like tap into, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that'd be super cool to be tagged with that, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering, because sometimes your jokes seem like maybe you wrote them specifically to, like, talk about a particular topic. And then I wonder, I'm like, oh, I wonder if that was... They're generally just things that, like, irritate me. Right. About life. <laughs> right. And it just so happens that it irritates right. other people, too. So. Okay. Cool. So, um, what happens now? Like, so, so in 10 years, mm-hmm. so where do you see yourself... Um, like honestly, in like 10, 20 years. Gosh, I don't know. 10 years. I would definitely obviously like to be, you know, touring and, um, known, booked. Right. You know, that kind of thing. I don't know. I look at people who are at that 10 year mark. So like Miles Morrison and, you know, um, even Kelly Taylor. Well, he's a little bit, you know. Right. You know, but yeah, so these guys have been doing it and they kind of all came up in Saskatoon together. So I don't know. I don't know. That's hard to answer. Okay. Definitely want to be working. Okay. And comedy more so. Like, that's more of the... If you could pick one or the other, it would be not CEO anymore. Mm, Yeah. You'll be the CEO of your comedy career. Absolutely. And that's... It's interesting you say that because I've thought about it and I'm like... I've been thinking about how I could at some point um, meld the two. And um, I'm very good at business development. So I I was kind of thinking maybe I could have my own um, talent agency or something like that. And then I can book myself. And you'd be the comedy executive officer. Yeah. Because um, my, my current position title is talent placement specialist. Well. So I feel like. There you go. <laughs> just change. No longer like pipe fitters. Yeah. And, uh, comedians. Just a comedian. <laughs> okay. So the last question we ask people is, um, when you were like four or five, do you remember what you wanted to be? I remember um, there was like a, a three main things. That I thought I would be. Okay. Okay. So I wanted to be the first female quarterback for the Rough Riders. Okay. Perfect. Yep. I wanted to be the first female prime minister. Okay. Yep. And I wanted to be a sniper. <laughs> you so, have very unconventional dreams. I did not become any of those things. Well, there's still time. Uh, I'm sure at some point there'll be some sort of revolution and you can take up your sniping. Yeah. You could be a sniper. Definitely. Um, just wait for it to be like sanctioned by some sort of revolutionary war right um you know when we all have to take up arms against whatever yeah um zombies zombies yeah zombie sniper (laughs) sure there's still time you're young i don't think you're gonna be a quarterback but you could be a prime minister although you wouldn't be the first uh yeah exactly yeah yeah kim campbell beat you to that she did yeah and good for her. Well, you could be the first comedian uh, prime minister. Yeah, I've always wondered that. Like politics, I've always been very passionate about. So I always wonder um, 
I don't know how that would work at this point, given my material. <laughs> I am recorded saying some inappropriate things, so. Oh, so are they, though? I mean, come that on. That is true. Come on. What politician has I guess if things? that other guy can do it, then I could do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you for talking to me. Thanks for talking to me. It was fun. I love talking about me. Yeah. I, I love talking about you, too. Um, oh, does your family still live in Saskatoon? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we're, we've gotten past it. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Um, okay. So, uh, I, I thank you for talking to me as my third comic in a row. I don't know if we're going to do... We'll take probably take a break from comedians for a while, but it was very nice to talk to you. Thank you for um, calling me a comedian. Yeah. Do you prefer comedian or comic? I like both. But comic sounds cooler. It does sound cooler, hey? Yeah. I'm a comic. Sounds yeah. better than I'm a comedian. Sounds like, a little more tenured. <laughs> yeah. And a comedian just sort of sounds like, I'm a comedian. Like, you're the kid in class who yeah. makes people laugh. And then you have those people who are like, comedian. Yeah. yeah. Comedian. Yes. <laughs> yes. Comedian. All right. So thank you to Danny Albert, um, local comic extraordinaire. Oh. Um so that has been uh, our episode, uh, and hopefully we'll be back for the next one. Um, I'm not sure if we can drag her out of her right. She's writing a whole lot of articles, you guys, for very fancy things. So she's a she's being a professional writer, but maybe we'll drag her back to the um, podcast world soon. Um, please uh, email us at you are going to be fantastic at gmail.com um, or find us on Instagram. Uh, we have yet to have any kind of person ask to be interviewed over the phone, and I'd love to do a phone interview because I could do it in my pajamas you could be in your pajamas um it would be super cool and cozy so someone email me and let me interview you over the phone anyway other than that um thank you for tuning in and Danny do you feel your career life is fantastic I kind of do yeah yeah I think it's pretty fantastic too all right well thanks for talking to me and uh we'll talk to you guys later bye